Hello and welcome to our podcast, On Your Marks. My name is Peter and I am the leader of St Mark's Church in Jersey, a growing, friendly Anglican church in the centre of St Helier. We want to take the Bible apart and see what's really in there, going beyond the face value to dig a little deeper into certain topics. We will bring you fresh content every week and hope you get a lot out of listening. So, if you're ready, let's go. Well, good afternoon, Ray. Hi. Good to see you. Good to see you. So, fair. welcome to everyone listening. Um, for those who might be listening for the first time, my name is Peter and I'm sitting with my good friend Ray Speck in his sitting room. Um, and we're meeting to talk about um, the... Uh, the passage from the church service on Sunday. And I think I'm going to stop counting what episode we're on because I can never remember. Um, But today's passage is uh, quite a short one um, comparative to our usual one. So in the usual way, Ray, if you're happy, I'll read the passage. and Yes, please do. We'll crack on. So um, we're in 1 Peter, uh, chapter 3, verse 15. But in your hearts, revere Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give a reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect. Right. What do you think, Mm. Ray? Yes. The fascinating little wrinkle here is that clearly the context in which or the attitude, shall we say, with which Peter is encouraging us to respond to people, um, seems to be quite important. And interestingly, this morning I I had actually the the Dean of Jersey was here to see me about a particular issue. Um, And we were talking about the very same thing, in a way, in that the attitude with which we minister in the context we're called to, is extremely important. Um, And I was suggesting that that is particularly important when, like myself, we are called to a season as rector of one of the ancient parishes in this wonderful island. I was at St Juan for nearly 14 years, a wonderful parish with absolutely fantastic people, Sometimes things were challenging, sometimes things were difficult, sometimes things were painful. But the thing we were discussing was the attitude with which we went to serve that people. It was interesting that both the Dean and myself had both read a particular book by a Bible teacher called Michael Green, and it was a book called Called to Serve. And it was to do with ordained ministry. Um, And the whole focus of the book was on the calling to go and to serve people in the name of Christ. So that you get your attitudes right, that you respect, you affirm, you listen, you understand, you accumulate. And you begin to build a picture 
and the knowledge of the people to whom you're called to serve. So that under God's call, under God's enabling, under God's blessing, we respond as we perceive the revelation of how these people think, how they act, what motivates them, what are the issues that have been important. Why is it that sometimes various people have the characteristics that they have? And we decided this morning that that's rather important if you're going to be effective in ministry. And I think the times when I blew it, and I blew it like anybody else at times, um, I had to apologise to the church. Um, I had to ask them to bear with me as I sought to understand. Um, But when I got it right, God is good. We had this conversation actually a year ago um, about ministry and being called to serve. And am I right, Michael Green, he's also written commentaries as well. Oh, yes. As I've come across him oh, in he, other regards. The, the, he, he taught at the London Bible College, or St John's College, Nottingham as it now is. Um, he was a principal at one stage. Um, and because my home church was at the same site not not the same site the same place in um in northwest london or northwest middlesex and um we tended to know quite a few of the staff there um but the joke used to go round that michael green had taken an afternoon off because he was writing a book (laughs) and he used to produce stuff um at a great rate of knots so Yes, he did, he did. write. He's a lovely, actually a very good writer, readable. So for anyone listening who, who attends St Mark's, this conversation we had, and we prayed together before the church graft about being called to serve, and we spoke exactly about that, the community yep. around, and how to engage the community. That's a really helpful conversation. But I, this this doesn't limit itself to... Full-time ministry, obviously, oh, no. this is a challenge to no. everyone. No. That happens to be my experience. Yes. I'm coming out of a particular context, and that context is a, a lifetime of full-time service. So the attitude bit, do you think that that's the last bit of this verse? I, I, can I just say, I was a little bit um, nervous about sending you a single <laughs> verse, <laughs> because... Oh, what our favourite quote. Our favourite quote. A text without a context is a pretext. Yeah, yeah. A text without a context is a pretext. I did look at that and I thought to myself, this is a verse that does actually have an integral message. It it does sort of hang on its own. I mean, yes, you do need to bear in mind that one of Peter's major... Um, concerns is the upcoming persecution for the church. Um, that illust- another thing that clearly impacts on him is his knowledge of the the scriptures. And um, here he's quoting for the second time in this epistle. He's quoting this particular psalm. Um, there, there are, there is background stuff. Yes. So, is there any wider context that? 
people need to be aware of. So you've said all about Peter preparing the church for persecution. I think it's something that's something that just needs to be borne in mind that there is implication of that here. So that you look at the broad canvas and then you focus in a bit further and then you focus in a bit. It's it's like the appreciation of a of a lovely painting. How you stand back, come in, focus closely, um, as we do that with the scriptures. We have a, a knowledge of where, where's the writer of this book coming from, what's impacted on his life, what's given him the message that he has, what are the issues that he's facing in his community at that time. Um, so what's the historical and theological contexts? And, and, it, and it, all, it all draws you in. And this is the exciting thing about the contemplation and study of the Word of God, that, that it draws you and you, you, and you, and you learn to, to love that. Yeah. It really is exciting. So is there anything you think that needs to be considered before you draw too much out of it? No, I think um, you you don't need to have straight jackets here. You essentially the first thing to do is to say, "I come to this scripture, desiring to know what God wants to say to me through it." Mm-hmm. Because this verse for you will have nuances that it won't have for me. Hence, when you preach on it on Sunday, you will share something wholly valid very relevant and will touch other other people's lives. Um, I might come at it in a different way. There's nothing wrong with that. No. Because the Word of God is so so wonderful, so deep, so thorough, that we can each draw different things. Well, and I mean, I've found this with people after um, a worship service where you preached and you shared something and you thought, you know, oh, I'm really hit that on the mark, and that's the very Sunday where somebody comes up to you, and I can remember this happening once, and somebody saying, I think that's the worst sermon I've ever heard. <laughs> no! <laughs> oh, my goodness. Um, I, but on the flip I side... Hope that, I hope the person's not listening. <laughs> yeah. On the flip side, I've had it where I thought I'd done a complete duff job, yes. and people came up and thought, my goodness... The Holy Spirit is moving through that, and I thought yeah. I had completely. Oh, on rare occasions, I have. Um, I'm somebody who loves to prepare fully my preaching material, um, but just on that very rare occasion where you climbing up the steps to the pulpit, you know suddenly you got it wrong. This isn't it. God gives you what is right. And that's the very one that people say, oh, that was fantastic. And now it's, I trust primarily, it's because God took over in a particular way. Indeed. It's not so, it doesn't mean he doesn't take over in the prepared material. Um, Yes. That's just as true, just as valid. but it does mean that sometimes God seems to value the opportunity um, to take over. And I, I find that refreshing 
and exciting. And that's part of the excitement of the Christian life as well, isn't it? Um, mm. Where God does have space to do so. So you spoke about the attitude um, in which we approach ministry. So do you think that end bit of this verse, but do this with gentleness and respect, is that the bit talking into attitude? That, that certainly is the case here. Um, what I particularly um, am challenged by in, in the verse is the challenge to have something to offer people. Um, have a degree of clarity um, about our preparedness to share what God wants shared with the person with the, that we're encountering. Um, that's what that seems to be saying to me. Let me just find it. Sorry, my old eyes are giving up on me again. Um, yeah, always being prepared to make a defence to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you. What is the reason for the hope that is within me? It is Christ in me, the hope of glory. That is, that is the reason. The reason that I have something to share is Christ in me by his Spirit, enabling me to have something. And every one of us who loves Christ has something to share. We have a history, and that history is probably checkered, but nonetheless it's a history that involves us in a relationship with God in Christ. Um, and that is what we've got to share. Um, and that is what that's implying here. I've got a story. I've got a story that takes me back the last virtually 80 years where... I can share with you encounters that I have had with God in Christ, that the Spirit of God has enlivened within me, uh, a story that involves me in some challenging but wonderful encounters. And I, I, I love to share that story, to share how he takes me, where he takes me, where he challenges me, where he loves me, where he pours out his grace upon me, undeserved, unearned, but that he does. And I can share that story because it's a story of an encounter between two persons, me, a broken human being, and he, the living God. What a wonderful thing to share. Absolutely. I, you know, I'm so glad you said that about the, the reason for the hope being Jesus. I set myself a challenge maybe five months ago to ensure every Sunday I include something about Jesus. Hmm. You know, because whatever bit of the Bible I read, whether it's Old Testament, whatever it is, there is something about Jesus to say about it. And that is the reason for the hope I have. Hmm. However, we've, I've been having a quite a few conversations with different people after, not just after last Sunday, but that in today's world it's quite hard to talk to people who maybe have never been to church or have had bad experience of church. And people often struggle, say, in the workplace to introduce or to talk about their faith. 
And so do you think that today we need to approach it in any different way? Or is it that we're just sharing our story of a relationship between two persons, as you said just a moment ago? Yeah. I, I think part of the danger is um, it's, it's, it's very much personalised that I do have a story to share. Um, and it's a story of an encounter between two persons. Um, but because of the way people function these days, there's a tendency to say, well, that's you. That's your story. Correct. That's your encounter. Um, it therefore needs to be communicated in a particular way and in a compelling way. And I think that's the implication of the the wording here in this this verse that there's something substantial about it so yes it is an encounter yes it is deeply personal but yes it is something greatly substantial and what do you take by the respect bit then because uh you know someone else may have their story yep. and and they then respond to well that's your story therefore it's not mine and so in communicating something substantial respect how f- what yeah What do you take by that then? I think we have to respect where other people are coming from. We have to respect them as fellow human beings. We have to treat them in a proper way. Um, But we nonetheless come at it clear about where we are and, as I say, convincing in the way in which we communicate it. So we make no apologies. There's a great tendency today to, to apologise. I'm sorry, but I, I believe differently. I'm not sorry at all. I'm thrilled that I found the living, <laughs> the living God. What, what more, you know, more wonderful can you have? So, and the whole idea of a confidence here is, is evident in that, in that verse. It's clearly there. And we need to have that approach, I think. In your translation, what do you have as the first bit? I have revere Christ as Lord. But in your hearts, honour Christ the Lord as holy. Mm. Holiness comes in. And and this is a, I dare I say it, a, a a translation that focuses on the accuracy of the text. So this is the ESV, which is yes. closer to the Greek. Yes. Well, arguably the original, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Could you, sorry, could you read that again, the start? Um, yeah, yeah. In your hearts. But in your hearts, honour Christ the Lord as holy. Okay. Could you unpack... That statement, that's interesting. It is, because um, it is focusing on a particular characteristic of Christ, his holiness, and that suggests that that is important. It should mould our message to some extent, the character of Christ. So I'm not just simply um, sharing uh, a particular experience. I'm, ex- I'm sharing some truth about a person who is uniquely holy and that in itself matters so that the, the one we're, we're sharing 
is the one who is special. Um, always, then, then it goes on to much the same as um, other translations. Always being prepared to make a defence to anyone who asks for a reason. There was a book written um, about the Church of England years and years ago, and the author visited the theological college I attended, Oak Hill, um, which was a bastion of evangelicalism in our day, still is, I think. Um, and um, the, the writer says, be very careful if you're visiting this place. You will find that any of the residents will share their faith at a drop of a hat. And um, the perception they had was right. That <laughs> um, here were, at that time, just young men, largely young, not all of them, um, who were there to fine-tune their ability to tell that story more effectively. Um, and I think that was really their primary objective for the most part. I kind of feel like that is the primary objective. Well, I'm, I, I'm, I was there, so yes. Yeah, that resonates with me massively. Yeah. Because in being prepared to give an answer to anyone, we then have to think of different ways of communicating the same message of hope yeah. to appreciate people yeah. where they're coming from. Yeah, which is taking us back to where we started, where if I am in a, in a situation where I have the deepest respect for the people with whom I'm communicating, then I will want to share Christ in that situation, in an appropriate way, in a delicate and sensitive way, um, and sometimes in a very robust way. Um, there is a challenge in the gospel that is powerful, uh, and it demands a response, and we need to have that element as well. Yes, the sensitive, yes, the gentle, yes, the understanding, yes, the... Um, drawing alongside people but also this is something that changes people this is something that changes the world this is, the sum, this is something that brings hope to a lost community this is something that is therefore powerful and strong changes the world so your take Ray how, do, how could we sum it up would it be to respect and love all people and to communicate the message of hope that we have. Yeah. I would say ensure that you are in a right relationship with Christ, the Holy One, with all that that means. Under him and under his anointing, we share that with any with whom we have that opportunity and privilege. And by his grace, not to blow it. <laughs> Which is so easy to do. We all do that. Ray, your summary was so much better than mine. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. No, we, start with, we start with holiness and getting ourselves into a right relationship. <laughs> and I, I pray every day, Lord, start with me. You know? Ray, thank you so much for your Not time. Not at all. Lovely too.
be here. It's a real privilege. Thank you. See you next week. Indeed. We do hope you enjoyed this episode. Don't forget to like and subscribe and share with your friends on social media. And please do get in touch with any suggestions or comments you may have. Thanks for listening and see you next time.